The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the hosts and guests as individuals, and do not necessarily reflect those of advertisers or sponsors. This show is intended as entertainment and commentary only. The producers strive for verisimilitude, but nothing said on this podcast should be taken as fact by the listener or viewer without performing due diligence. The existence, the physical universe, is basically playful. There is no necessity for it whatsoever. It isn't going anywhere. That is to say, it doesn't have some destination that it ought to arrive at. This is Keep Your Hat On, a show by three nerdy nobodies and one nerdy kind of somebody about nothing in particular. Keep Your Hat On is brought to you by the Narrow Band Broadcast Network, NBBN. The focus is on you. By PodSquadPDX.com, Painless Podcasting, and by the kind support of KYHO fans everywhere through Patreon. Patreon, create on your own terms. Coming right up, it's our special Oscar podcast. Well, KYHO wouldn't know an award if one bit you in the ass. Ha ha ha. Oh no. Oh wow, Michael Broomage just slapped the shit out of me. Keep those initials out your fucking Cybertronic mouth. What the hell? Those are my boys. Mine. I'm the one who gets to insult them. Me. It was a joke, man. Now step off, you friggin' over-glorified wannabe Ronco waffle maker. This is my gig. This is the greatest day in podcasting. <clears throat> Anywho... I am the one, the only, Mr. Brumage, here to say, I'm back, bitches. For the record, the Academy can kiss my grits. Now, let's get to the elephants in the room. Here's Andrew, Ty, Dr. Mark, and, well, he's more like a broken piece of concrete than a rock, but he's all ours, Chris. And hello and welcome back, everybody. This is, of course, Keep Your Hat On. We are, of course, the Hats. I'm Andrew Scott, along with Dr. Mark Peterson oh, and Ty Robert Anthony. Hey, guys. And Christopher Vacano. Bonjour, everybody. Oh, oh, oh. wee, wee, wee. Wee, 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 all the way home. How you doing, everybody? Hey, <laughs> so so show it off. So far, yeah. so good. Yeah. Mark, yeah. Is, Mark is actually... Uh, when was the last time you were back to the old house? Are you are you gone? Oh, I yeah. Oh, well. So yeah, there's been drama. There was drama. Um, <laughs> you walked uh, my, in and somebody else had already moved in. No, no. But, <laughs> that's, but so, that's not where you put that. No, no. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, no, my my real estate lady called. She goes, I got some bad news. I said, what? She goes, somebody broke the the uh, glass oh, in no. your back door. Oh, shut like, up! Oh, no. Seriously? And you can like, measure so, that in hours. And it's it's really weird because it's like to even to find my house, you have to know where it is even to get to it. So it's like I, yeah. I can't imagine somebody broke in. There's nothing in the house, and we looked in the garage, and nothing was taken. So it's like there's just some sort of weird mystery about this broken glass. Anyway, I called the local uh, glass folks, and they went out and put some put some Lexan in there to temp it over. Oh, they yeah. just it was just your front door. At least they didn't get the the plate glass window out to the porch oh yeah no this was actually pretty easy to do but it was a little terrifying oh. for a minute there it's like what and then um uh the inspection report came back and it's like uh 
Yeah, there's stuff. They have a better inspector than I did when I bought the house. You know, if you've done, you know, typically uh, building inspectors do not always do a great job, right? Not normally, no. And I was expecting that again. And this guy was really great. (laughs) And it was like, he found stuff that was wrong when I moved in. It was like, where the hell is my guy? Anyway, um, it's going to be, it's going to be nice. The uh, seller wants to, or the buyer still wants to buy the house, which is all I care about. Right. And um, I got to have Did you get the, checked uh, for radon. I'm interested to know about your radon situation. <laughs> so I, thought you, I thought you were going to say rabies. Do you have radon troubles out on the on Yeah, the we've West actually. Coast? Yeah, we, we, yeah, we do. We, uh, the house that Heather and I are in, um, when she bought it, uh, they had to, the buyer had to uh, fold in uh, radon abatement. And we've oh, got a, a, a radon sheet underneath our, we're, we've got no basement. We're, we're down on pad and down on dirt. And so we've got a radon abatement uh, oh, thing underneath the house. Um, we're okay. Uh, yeah. we're, we're sort of okay. And we, we didn't, we weren't required to do a radon test. So that tells uh-huh. you something too. So yeah. otherwise, yeah, actually all good. It looks like we're moving forward. I got to have somebody go uh, service the furnace. That was one of their, the buyer asked to do that. It's like, well, that makes sense. Right. So the buyer's been terrifically reasonable and um, my real estate lady's been on top of it. And uh, so, yeah, I was there Friday. Did you get a chance to do the the real goodbye? Oh, I sort of did that already. I've sort of done yeah. that already. Okay. I removed, I removed all of the, uh, the magical protections. Yeah. Pulled the pocketed <laughs> all the energy and said, yeah. all right, moved time it, to move on and move forward. Yeah. And so uh, I did that. You know, when we moved into, this is really charming, and we didn't find it. Apparently, the house had been up for sale for like months when we bought it finally. So they were really happy we got it. But when we were digging around in the backyard, we were putting in the garden, is we found an upside down St. Joseph buried oh. upside down in the backyard. Oh, good. Which is apparently some sort of Catholic magic designed it is. to facilitate yeah. house sales. Yes. Yes. St. St. Joseph has to be crucified upside yes. down. Upside down. No, that was... That was Paul. Or it was Peter. Oh, that was Paul. That's right. Or yeah, Peter. Right. Well, so let's get our saints straight, man. <laughs> yeah, come on. Um, um, so I'm that's where I am on all house. that. The house yeah, we no, should be uh, closing at the end of the month or like early in May, and that'll be awesome. And then Alex is finally getting hers up to to snuff to go too. So that's right, because cool. she's she's two steps behind you, isn't she? Kind yeah, of. She, well, she's been working full time and like, you know, time and oh, a half. Oh, well, whatever, so mister. Like, I'm on sabbatical for over a year. Yeah, too bad. Forever. <laughs> well, I had to no. do, I had to, I, you know, I didn't, this didn't, wasn't an accident or anything. No, this sounds <laughs> like uh, there was, there was some subliminal discussions happening and then suddenly you went, yeah, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. You ready? Oh, yeah, yeah let's, that's pretty let's, much Let's yeah, do pretty, this thing. It's pretty much let's, we had to get on up. with our lives. Yeah, so she's she's a uh, she is inbound, and actually we're uh, we are integrating dogs tonight. In fact, so that'll be awesome. Oh, the, this is. Oh, are, you, like, are they ready for it? Do you think the dogs? Well, you said are they're awesome. kind of buddies, right? Yeah, the dogs like each other already. So oh, it's, it's the cat. Be, it'll be yeah. Fred, who is. We've already set up a uh, at the you know I have all these stairs now, but at the top of at the uh, one of the landings, I have the cat gate set up. Right. So that Fred yeah. can be safely up behind there and look down in, uh, you know, disparagingly down at that. Stupid unwashed hoi polloi down below. Her. Yeah. You know, you know, you know how cats are. And so, oh that's yes, I do. There. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, all good. Thank you so much. Um, I think we're okay. Um, I have to, the last bit I have to do is I have to install the reverse osmosis water filtration system today. So. Oh, good. You and hey. plumbing. You yeah. know what, Mark? How is uh, how is the water straight out of the tap up there? Um, actually, it's not. Well, in Milwaukee, it's kind of not horrible. It's uh, not horrible, boy. But it ain't West Bend water. It ain't. It ain't hard water. 
West Seriously, Bend we water. got water hard enough in, in southeastern Wisconsin, you could drive a nail through it and hang a picture off of and it. It's so <laughs> good. And see, well, Andy Andy lived in in, uh, in the metropolis of Germantown as oh, opposed yeah. to West Bend. <laughs> the and, city. And I'll tell you the, <laughs> the, the city. And there's a difference between Germantown and West Bend, and that is that the wells in Germantown are 1,400 feet deep. Yeah. And the wells in West Bend are 80 feet deep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's all, so it's groundwater in an agricultural area. And it's like, Ooh. well, this explains a lot about the gene pool. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. We love you, West Bend. Don't do. take it I wrong. Do. But and, and the reason I ask is because, you know, everybody has these uh, these water filters and or, or you know, has just cases of water in their oh yeah in that's their crazy to me that's crazy to me the tap water is actually fine I cook with it and all the rest of it and yeah. Milwaukee has really has really decent stuff I well, kind of thought that, have, that was... we have ever since the cryptosporidium outbreak of yeah. the, which yeah. I which I was uh, uh, I partook of you were in there yeah yeah I, that I was remember... that was pretty grim. It was my favorite part about the, if you guys remember CryptoSpiridion hitting the Milwaukee water supply back in the 90s, I think, right, Andy? Late 80s. Uh, we, had, we had this awesome mayor here named John Nordquist, who's a really interesting character. Anyway, it was one of those moments where the Midwest uh, hit the, uh, the East Coast media because the mid, you know, now that's a big story, right? Oh, Milwaukee's entire water supply. And so they interviewed Nordquist, Mayor Nordquist on uh, like Good Morning America. And yeah. they said, oh, isn't it true that your water is in a complete freaking disaster? And, and Norquist being the good Midwestern mayor goes, oh, you know, we had some troubles, but it's okay now. And it was like, boom. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you know what, you're, Mark, you're right. You, you reminded me of that. It was, it was in 93 that we had our crypto outbreak. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, it was I, like, you know, I forgot because oh, you know, okay I was there. in school. Yeah. He I just was wasn't, he wasn't willing to make it a huge deal for the national media. No, so anyway, it, it was more of a huge deal than, oh I my mean, God, people I, died somebody, and stuff. yeah, so. somebody that I knew uh, died that, that had it because oh, they had, dear. they had HIV. I, I, I didn't know um, them super closely, but, uh, yeah, I come to find out that they passed away because they got the infection and they were <laughs> immunocompromised and yeah. so, so, but no, normally, uh, and yeah, like you said, West, West Bend water versus, uh, versus germantown water germantown was agricultural but it was not the same it wasn't the same condensation of agriculture footprint and that's just it our wells were massively deep and that whole area of southeastern wisconsin uh sits on top of a i think it's over a kilometer of sedimentary rock and Something so you, like you get yeah. nice down deep in there and all that limestone is just the ultimate filter for water. And all you get is ultra pure water that tastes like water is supposed to taste. It's all minerals. Yeah. It tastes seriously. It tastes like Evian water. And I always felt very spoiled by that until I actually moved out here and started drinking out of the uh, Bull Run Reservoir, which is just absolutely pristine clear yeah wonderful wonderful glacial water that we get well, off from mount hood and the reason that i asked was because you know i'm used to i'm used to bull run right i've right. gotten used to bull run and i i just think it's silly for people to have cases oh of, God, of yes. water it, in it's their hard fridge for, it, yeah or, it's hard for people from good tasting water I have a hard time understanding understand why even the you? filters, right? And then, then I go to see my father in San Jose. Ooh. I get off the airport and I'm like, ah, 
There's a water fountain. I'm parched. Uh, oops. Uh, that was a mistake. Yeah. Like drinking pool yeah. water. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. That's, no, no, that's like, no, no, no. It's, I, could, I could handle pool water a little bit better than I could handle <laughs> this was just wrong. Because you could at least yeah, taste the purifying agents yeah, that are dumping in. At least I could you taste the chlorine. You right, know? exactly. You, you, oh, this you might is as good well for just me. Just inject straight Giardia right into your arm. Oh, yeah. Well, um, I tell you what, let's take a quick break. We've got a pretty significant discussion that we've all agreed to have here. It's time to have the uncomfortable discussion about the elephant in the room. But until we come back, sit tight, keep your hat on, and I don't know, don't go anywhere. We, we got nothing better to do except yap at you guys. So sit tight. Hat Nation. Want to support the show and help it grow or, well, keep the lights on? Head on over to kyhopodcast.com slash shop and buy some cool swag. Shirts, phone cases, hoodies, and yeah, hats. I mean, duh. All proceeds go right into Andy's pocket. Uh, I mean, help keep KYHO in your ears. That's kyhopodcast.com slash shop. Go get some cool stuff, rep the show, and as always, keep your hat on. Which is a lot easier when, you know, you have a hat, right? Welcome back to Keep Your Hat On. I'm Andrew Scott, along with Dr. Mark C.E. Pearson, oh, Christopher Vacano, and Ty Robert Anthony. And it's time for us to talk about the thing that happened. Yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna talk about this, but I think we're gonna we're gonna frame this in a slightly more encompassing way. We're gonna open up the umbrella a little bit. Now we all had that moment where we looked at social media and we went, wait, he did what? And then we saw the video and, you know, and that's just it. This is the level of infamy that now needs no name attached to it, but we're going to just come out and do it. So everybody knows Will Smith got up at the Oscars and gave Chris Rock, who was presenting the award for outstanding documentary, gave him an open-handed slap across the face and then walked back this of course was because chris rock made and you know here's the thing we don't know there's a lot of talk did chris rock know about jada pinkett smith's alopecia did was it just a joke writer that flew a joke out there chris decided some people are saying chris went off script irrespective of any of that jada flinched made a face at first you see in the video will smith reacted to it with kind of that will smith roll back throw his head back laugh and then suddenly got up walked up on stage and open hand slapped chris across the face now none of us here are saying that that's okay none of us here are saying that chris got what he deserved or that will was right I think we're all in agreement that you 
don't have a right to get up and slap somebody, irrespective of whether or not it's on international television. But this brings up a much larger question, and that is, we're all dealing with this idea of freedom of speech over the last five, six, seven, ten years, at least the previous administration's worth of time. Everybody is screaming, and I mean everybody is screaming about free speech. What does that mean? Where are we going with the ideas of free speech? And, you know, we all have this trite and beat up saying that, you know, is trite and beat up for a reason because it's right. And that is, you have a right to freedom of speech. You don't have a right to freedom of consequences. But that goes both ways. Some would be able to say, well, see, Chris Wright had a right to say what he wanted to say, but he got the, you know, the result that comes from saying that. But the other people, the other side of this is, you know, Will Smith had a right to get up and do something. He didn't have a right to go slap somebody in the face. And now he certainly doesn't have the right to freedom of consequences. He has, uh, in the intervening time, he has resigned from the Academy while the Academy is now doing its own. And this is for all our, you know, listeners, not viewers, air quotes, an investigation. What is that going to do? Well, uh, as I've read a little bit deeper also is, um, that his his resignation his resignation from from the academy is already kind of throwing roadblocks into the next two pictures that he's already got in the can. Yeah, I've heard that. Um, what was it? He had a Amazon thing that was being delivered, uh, uh, developed a new series, and they immediately hit pause on that guy. Mm. Um, and there was another um, uh, a story based on, well. Let's just cut that short and say pretty much all Will Smith projects right now have been put on indefinite pause. So before we get into this conversation, yeah, at the top <laughs> of this, late. I want to point something out. First of all, we have so many more pressing issues to be discussing. Oh, you mean in, like real problems? In, in the mainstream. On the flip side of that, isn't it crazy cool to have a new cycle that is painfully slow? It well, oh, <laughs> for a change, you mean for a change, right? Because right? that's that is what at least at least sixty percent of of mainstream coverage has been touching on this, and and this is of course all over the internet, um, and we're not paying attention to or we're we're being distracted by it's not that we're not paying attention. We're being distracted by this talk. Um, and it's taking up a lot of airspace. That's something more important to be taken, but it is nice to just have a, have something else to look at news cycle. Well, well, one's Twitter anymore. One, one, one that's one that's slow enough that there's room for something like this to come sort of draw the attention has, has uh, trivial. Something I won't say that so it's trivial, yeah. but I will say that it is trivial. Well, it, is it, yeah. is it trivial? And yeah. you know, I, I say that from a genuine place, whether or not it's culturally I don't think it was, significant. I don't know that. I, I think, I think there is some cultural significance. 
I think that it may not have started out true, but it has ended the place where we are today, um, continuing to focus on this, giving it airspace is now, it's, it's now. Well, and how much of this, I wonder how much of this is that it was Will Smith. How much of this is that it was one of America's darlings? I mean, Mm -hmm. this is, this is one step off from watching Tom Hanks snap in public and stab somebody in the, the eye. I was just thinking, you, know, you know, if Mickey Rourke had done this, it would have gone, yeah, you know. We would have, nobody yeah, would have blinked. Yeah. Well, here's, but, here's the deal. It, 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 whether it's, I mean, Hollywood, uh, uh, whether you're in the music business, in the film business, um, the celebrity t- seems to elevate you to a stratosphere that looks much different than real life. Yeah. I think that Will Will Smith, I don't think that this is new behavior from Will Smith. I just think that he's got some good PR to have covered it up this far. uh, Yeah, perhaps. Uh, But, and I, you know, to build on your point, Andy, not just that it was Will Smith who has at least a veneer of you know being this super guy right um but that it happened at the oscars this very carefully orchestrated very glitzy i mean not only that it happened at the oscars that it could happen at the oscars arguably one of the most curated moments in entertainment television, one of the biggest events that there was no set of safety breaks put in place for somebody yeah. to yeah. be a little wacky. Yeah. And you and, know, here's the other thing is they all know that they're being televised to a billion people. This is something else to pay. Yeah. Attention. So yeah, what part yeah. of your brain, what part of your, I make a hundred million dollars a year brain goes, Oh, uh, well, this, this is, is this and that's just it. It was reactive and it yeah. was impulsive. Um, well, the New York Times idiot. this morning wrote about this, right? And right. they pointed out that he's actually outed these personality issues in his in his, the memoir he published last year. I and, saw some of that where he right? will really started to go further in depth, particularly with the trauma between him and his father and his mother. Right. And so we have this whole background radiation of, you know, uh, the reason why he acted like this is because of his childhood traumas and so on. It's like, okay. Well, that explains it. It doesn't excuse it. Well, no, but you're right, Ty, in that this was obviously fomenting under the surface of Will Smith for a long time. And now look, I've got trauma in my background. We've all got trauma in our backgrounds to one degree or another. Nobody here gets out alive, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this really might be one of these very uncomfortable moments. And we've seen it a few times in the past, um, you know, where, where I guess people's shadows catch up with them. People like, mm-hmm. um, you know, Paul Rubens getting caught masturbating in a theater. Uh, oh, like where Kevin Spacey, right? Yeah. So, so many of them, and some of them are really salacious and nasty and some of them are kind of quirky. Nothing and Yeah, exactly. But yeah. it does make one wonder 
was was Will Smith and like you said, was Will Smith just working with handlers who were just so good at being on top of him in this one time? But the other part of it is this was arguably Will Smith's greatest moment. <laughs> yeah. You know, he right. won best actor. And not only that, he won best actor for a role that was an illustration of a father driven to great lengths for love of his family. And that right there makes me uncomfortable, but it also goes, what tape was running in his head when, when he had that reaction? Was it, I just, I'm, I'm up for winning super dad Oscar. Should I not stand up for my family right now? How I perceive that a masculine man, a masculine father and husband would. Yeah. See, and that's just it. I, I really feel like, did he have the right to be uh, upset at, at the joke and, and having his wife be a focal point of the joke? I want to say sure. 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 Yeah. He did. Right. I, that's I don't his think right any of us that. are it's, arguing that. Yeah. Let's, let's not say that it's a, a right. Let's say that it's a prerogative. So he has that. Fair prerogative. enough. Does he have the prerogative to want to step to Chris Rock and be uh, have a, some sort of heated exchange? You can sure. want anything you want, yeah. But there is a but there's a green room, there's a press room, right? There's a time for that. That could have been handled much, much better than live television. And the thing that really occurs to me here, and uh, you know, here I got to put the disclaimer. I'll play the disclaimer sound. <clears throat> Oh, no, that's a song. Sorry. <laughs> There's my disclaimer oh, sound. Cool. We're four middle-aged, privileged white guys. Okay, disclaimer in place. What does it say that Will Smith, arguably one of the most visible black Americans there is, felt it was a good idea to get up and slap Chris Rock one of the other most visible black Americans there is. What does that say? You know, and, and what part of Will Smith's brain shut off thinking that this is going to be all right? Well, I think, I think you started to tap into it a moment ago when you used the word masculine. I've, I've read, I, I've, I've actually very much been trying to avoid the hot takes and a lot of the reaction and response everyone's yeah. How's that going? Well, I, it's gone pretty well. I mean, the, the beginning of the week really sucked because it was everywhere. Um, but I did come across some, some good thoughtful analysis of, Oh, there's been plenty of it. Don't what might've been going on. And one article I read made the observation that, (laughs) And, and again, this is not justifying the behavior at all. This is trying to understand the behavior, which I think is what we're trying to do. Good for you. Um, it, it, no, seriously. Is, yeah. Is, that, that this all, this, this didn't happen in a vacuum. This happened against the backdrop of Will and Jada's marital problems. 
or at and, least marital issues, we'll say. We uh, yeah, I issues. don't even think it's fair to call them problems. Well, we sure. Know. Well, and 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 will essentially being very publicly humiliated over those issues and yeah. very publicly emasculated over those issues and then you know working really hard to rebuild this image of the two of them as a healthy thriving couple and family and then it just this one little this one little tip a sideways joke in rather poor taste that he initially seemed to receive neutrally if not positively but then when he caught the look of jada he it's almost like if you watch it you can see it happen in real time in microseconds where he reels back and laughs because it's chris rock and i'm supposed to be laughing at chris rock and yeah he took a stab at my partner and then he sees the partner and he goes oh shit i gotta go take care of something exactly so 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 there's this pressure this this i i mean the look she gave i mean she shot It was amazing to me uh, because she shot shade at Chris Rock at the same time that she she shot. What kind of man are you at Will Smith? Right. It was like one eye on Chris Rock, one eye on Will Smith. But here's the thing. I don't think that that's what she was trying to radio to Will. No, Um, I, I think it was more. Don't you be laughing at that shit? Yeah, exactly. And 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 I think Will misread the signal and and also just sort of snapped and and did the okay. This is this is the moment that I reassert my alpha status. It could be, but I still stumble over as a bully. <sighs> yeah, thanks, Ty. That's a <laughs> totally legitimate yeah. thing. You know, twig to throw on this fire because. And when we come back from the break here, we're going to, we're going to pivot on this. And Dr. Mark is going to help us with something here because it, it leaves <laughs> for me, right? Yeah. You oh, 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 laugh oh, now. Oh, oh, oh. Um, it brings two things into this discussion that one has been, one has been elevated in the public consciousness now because of this, but the other one I don't think has as much. The first one is. What we witnessed, in my opinion, what we witnessed was a crossover from a place of masculinity to a place of toxic masculinity. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that it brings up in the discussion is what is the place of satire when it comes to open discussions in public? And, And this idea that, yeah, you got the right to say something. As with all rights, they aren't infinite. Where does that line happen? And when we come back, we'll have more to say because that's who we are and what we do. This is the Narrowband Broadcast Network. I'm Andrew. That's Chris, <laughs> along with Dr. Mark and Ty. And we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Where did I put that hat? Oh, God. I keep losing it. Hey everybody, Michael, your stalwart announcer here, the voice of the Keep Your Hat On podcast. 
We really hope you're enjoying the shows we put out every month and the bonus goofiness we try and throw in. If you do, we'd really appreciate your support. While we'd love it if you could help us out with a monthly donation by heading over to patreon.com nbbn, please don't forget that you can also support us by telling your friends, relatives, the hot Amazon delivery guy, hell your potted fern, about the show, and do the like, click, and subscribe thing. That's free, and it helps us out more than you might suspect. We just want to keep putting something good out into this bananas world at this extra bananas time. And we want you along for the ride. No matter what, thanks so much for audio visualizing. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to the Uncomfortable Discussion Room. I'm Andrew Scott, along with Dr. Mark Peterson, Chris McConnell, and Ty. And when we were at break, Ty brought up something that I think is, is salient, and I'm going to throw it in here. And that is, Ty, you'd mentioned that we're so busy talking about, you know, Will Smith and his mea culpa, you know, where, you know, he tried to mea maxima culpa through Twitter. That didn't go very far. That was just like really a Twitter response to this. And then, you know, he upped it, and then, you know, his letter resigning his place from the Academy uh, was made public and through his publicist and all that stuff. But, Ty, you mentioned that the one thing that we're not really talking about much is the response from Chris Rock. Now, Chris had a gig the following night. Um, Chris is out on tour right now, and... You know, do you know the up, name of that tour, by the way? I, I forget it, but what it is, it's, yeah, like it, it's relevant. Ego Death. Yeah, that's right. Ego Death is the name <laughs> of his current tour. Um, nice. And, you know, Chris, and I, I've heard a couple, uh, you know, people's, uh, uh, people made uh, some recordings, uh, Ill- illicit recordings on their phones and stuff like that, where, you know, Chris comes out and he says, you know, I'm still processing what happened, but like Chris Rock does because Chris Rock is a comedian's comedian he goes I'm still processing this you know I wrote an entire show that's not about this I spent a lot of time on this show and I kind of like to focus on that right now I'll have more to say about it but now's not the time now's the time for this show yeah, I but, think his his radio silence has been something to really look up to. I think the fact that he didn't strike back on stage and laughed it off and just let it roll yeah, off yeah, his he back. Yeah, his composure. Was, yeah, not only did he hold his composure, he stood up there and went, well, there's the greatest moment in television history. And then, right? and then at the after party, uh, listening to Wanda Sykes, he actually came to Wanda Sykes and apologized to yeah, her. Yeah, that floored me. He came to her and he said, I'm so sorry. This was supposed to be, and she's like, why are you apologizing? She's like, this was supposed to be your moment. This was supposed to be my sister's moments to be able to be out there and be recognized and have your time in the sun. And it's all overshadowed by this. And the one thing that a, a number of people have been saying, and that is, completely and utterly salient to this discussion is that we still 
tend to, whenever you see somebody doing something stupid on YouTube and getting caught doing something stupid, they forgot the first rule of modern life. And that is everything lives forever. Now, <laughs> there is no shadow for you to hide your stupidity in. If it's recorded on a phone, it's going to be out there forever. Right. But I think you're right, Ty. I think even with just his silence, Chris rose above this in a way that I don't think I'd have the intestinal fortitude to do. I, I, I really, I think, I mean, as we're talking about toxic mask, you know, Galinity and, 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 um, uh, Will Smith, what the hell was he thinking? I think it's contrasted by Chris Rock's very calm, cool, almost detached demeanor. Um, and the way that I he think handled it's because his head's still ringing. Uh, well, it was a slap, which, which indicates to me that, that Will Smith knew what he was doing. I, get you it. know, I, I also have to wonder if Chris isn't doing some reflection and walking back to the inciting event, which was the joke itself. That might be. I think that we do have to give some. I'm not going to put that put that out of out of. This is tricky know, when you start to do that. Andy Andy turned me on to a, a really great podcast from Mark Marin. Mark Marin. Yeah, yeah, and he did a great thing about you know when is when is comedy insulting and when is it really comedy. Yeah, and maybe we can put that put a link to that in in there below. And it's absolutely. Like, I mean, good. I'll always rep for Mark Marin as far as one of the OG podcasts, and not only that. Oh yeah, watching and by watching, I mean that figuratively. But I mean, anybody who listens to Marin knows that you're 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 actively participating in the observation of a middle aged guy dealing with his shit, or at least trying to. And to hear him, and I have not, I, I've been super busy this past week with work, and so I didn't have the ability to listen to Marin's take on this. But listening, to, either, but, but listening to Marin talk about comedy mm-hmm. is like listening to a surgeon talking about oh, how yeah. he uses or how they use a scalpel. And it's like, look, you know, it's, it's nice to hear. There's, there are a bunch of comedians out now who uh, will simply say that they can say whatever the hell they want to say. And they're, they're, being, they're being comedians. And the, answer, the truth of that is that's a lie. Yeah. You can't just say any damn thing and be funny. And right. it's like, and it's like, you can't just say any kind of an insulting, horrible thing about somebody and then go, ha 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 ha. I was only yeah, kidding. And, and there's plenty of that going on there's, these there's days. Plenty. Chris Rock is not one of those guys as a rule, typically. Yeah, no, no generally not. Well, and, and he normally you know, doesn't punch down. Yeah, well, key, and right? I was going to say it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of an accepted standard in comedy that if you're punching up, it's comedy. If you're punching down. It's something else. It's bullying. bullying. Yeah, it's bullying. Thank you. Yeah. 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 So and all of those things, are, all that stuff seems to be in and, play here too. And, and, and there's a, yeah, well, there's another piece of this, you know, since, since we're talking about this in the, in the context of the first amendment and what does that represent and what does that mean? I'm going to go back to your original question. What does that mean? I mean, the first amendment is, is probably the core article of faith in the United States. It is it it is central to everything else it, because without that all the rest of it falls apart. Well, that's one of the and, reasons why we set this country up so that we could be critical well, and 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 have that have that be protected. And and yet and yet 
this is a country of 3 billion people with 3 billion different ideas of exactly what that means. I don't think there's that many just yet, though. No, well, we're, not... we're close. We're, I, I'm sorry, 300, 300 million. There we I'm go. I'm sorry. My sorry. I did, I was just, <laughs> so, that, that's, yeah. that's half of China, right? There's 3 yeah, billion yeah, three, people. 300 Our economy million. would be much different. But it's, um, no, it's Chris, Sunday. I, I'm not thinking I, clearly. I think, I think what you bring up clearly is, is is right, and that is we all have our own idea of what that right stands for, what that right oh, means, well, and, and not only yes. that, and what the word right means. Well, and and so and so we have to start to look at okay. Where, where are the areas of consensus and, 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 you know, try to put ourselves in the minds of the framers, but don't stop there because that's a stupid place to stop. Um, think about how, where there's, where there are the lines of agreement on how we apply that and how we treat the right to free speech. And well, I know. So how does this apply back. to comedy so, then, so Chris? Where are you going in, to this? As, as sort of a legal standard, the view is very much that political speech is absolutely protected. No question about it. That was the whole point. Yep. But you start to move into things like obscenity, uh, offensive humor, comedy, stand-up comedy, satire, um, social commentary, uh, or just going out and, and gibbering whatever bullshit you want out into the world. Yeah, that's not that's not so locked in, and 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 with comedy especially, I, I mean, part of comedy, there's been a tradition in comedy for you know well over seventy years, of testing the envelope, of of pushing the limit. Yeah, and it it, it goes back to the you know to the likes of Lenny Bruce and, uh, you know, and he's been very much on my mind lately. Yeah, same. And, and, and it, it's very complex. I'm just remembering the joke about, you know, if, if Jesus had been killed, every, all these little kids would be wearing little miniature electric chairs around their necks. <laughs> right? Yeah. Sorry. And, you know, it does, no, thank you for that. Uh, it, uh, I'll take yeah. comic relief in this discussion at any point. I want, but, let me uh, just jump in here, Chris. Yeah, and, please. And, and part of the, one of the, where are the, some of the hard lines are what you said before, which is what, Ooh. Fred? Wow. Freddie has something to say here. Fred's got uh, shit to say. That was yeah, an opinion. She, oh, her it life was. is going to We're going to leave that tonight. one in. Yeah, she's going to get a new dog friend. Anyway, um, uh, the only uh, the only speech that's actually protected by the, the First Amendment is political speech. True. The rest of it's up in the air. And so, you know, you can't just go out and say any damn thing you want about people because that could be taken as libel and slander. You can get sued for that. Yep. And so the only protected speech... And so this has been used as, a, you know, to justify all sorts of abuse, right? Mm -hmm. um, but you right. can't yell fire in a crowded movie house. And so no. it's like the question is whether or not Chris Rock yelled fire, right? I think if you're going to go this way. Still wonder if you can yell movie in a crowded firehouse. Though. I wonder that too. Yeah. But thank you, Steve Martin. Speaking <sighs> of. My, my thinking is to kind of stay in the realm of comedy We've got lots of examples where, and, and even relatively recent examples, where the key thing in comedy is timing, among other things. Uh, but timing, yeah. T but, timing, um, yeah. You know, I, I think of uh, Kathy Griffin's tweet that basically destroyed her career. Um, 
it, it and it yeah. wasn't and that irrespective of what you think of her and her comedy and this for our listeners for our listeners uh back when trump was uh, was it i was thinking it was during the campaign um where uh kathy griffin held up a uh a, a faux, faux yeah. severed head and was covered <laughs> Which, in blood i don't and understand it pretty much it pretty much just that was her Thelma and Louising off the cliff of her career. I, I couldn't, I couldn't quite get that. So Ozzy can bite the head off of animals. She makes fun of something by doing something mockingly. Well, and her career gets it. We don't know what May drugs were involved. Well. Uh, Seventeen, and, and, you know, for yeah. me Thank you. Personally, just looking at it, I was like, uh, I was like, okay. It wasn't. It wasn't particularly funny. It didn't add in. It didn't add anything to the conversation. I don't think. It, I. I didn't feel. I didn't yeah, feel like there was, was any creativity yeah, there was, there was to nothing, the commentary. Yeah, it was. It, I thought it, it was, was just, just shock. But Kathy do you Griffin. have a? Who, right, who are we talking you, about here? Uh, Kathy. Kathy. Oh Griffin, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, do you have? You know, and here this whole thing, as it ties into comedy, comes back to one thing for me. Do you have a right? to be a dick. Do you have oh, a right yeah. to just say something terrible, hoping it will get a laugh out of the room or Are at you least just talking in general kind of, but specifically in comedy. No, you mean about comedy in general is what yeah, I'm, com what I'm comedy saying. and comedy in general. We're not, we're not focusing on one individual altogether. No, no, because really that's where this whole freedom of speech argument goes to. I have a right to say anything I want while I'm performing because it's a performance. And is there, you know, th that also, that drags us up to this discussion of when you're performing, is the performer saying that? Is it part of the performance? When the performer walks off the stage, are they no longer culpable during for the act. things they said during a performance if they turn yeah. around and say, but I was performing? <clears throat> That's yeah, not how I'm I not really too... feel. You shouldn't take yeah, it that way. I, I, that's really problematic. That, that, is that is so that, dicey. Me, that's really problematic yeah. to try to wrap that yourself in that particular veil. And those are choppy waters, Mark. But let's let's look at like Andrew Dice Clay. Exactly. Well, well, here I'll throw that over to Mark. Mark, <laughs> I'm I'm laughing because one of his most one of Andrew Dice Clay's most vulgar jokes still cracks me up. And, and we're like, only we're only saying this for educational purposes. No. <laughs> I still feel hor and I still feel actually I feel just horrible that this because it's actually it's like uh, about two minutes into Andrew Dice Clay, you realize what he's up to, and then it's like okay, I'm done now listening to this. This is just yeah, this isn't interesting anymore. And it's like um, you know, it's interesting. I think Sam Kennison died at the right time too because Kennison was the other one. Yeah. He cracked me up like crazy, but but. At some point, you just you know, Sam, just shut the fuck up, please. Yeah, and it's like it's you, you, your fifteen minute, your fifteen minute on stage was done four minutes into you your set. And, and, it's like, and you let's talk about the Aflac guy. Oh, Gilbert Gottfried, Aflac. Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah, the shout comics. It's like I just I couldn't yeah. care less. And it's like some of it anyway. So here's the deal, right? It's like it's possible to funny if you're a comedian. You should funny. And there's a whole bunch of them around now that that are not really that funny, but they're 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 hiding behind the skirts of the First Amendment to to justify their work. And some people like it. You know, this is the other thing. This is where it gets complicated, right? 
is there are still people who, you know, who really love that kind of stuff. And it's like, uh, are we able to tell them that they're wrong? Do you know what are I mean? They, and the thing is, are they living like, are they, are they getting their bully yayas out <laughs> yeah. vicariously? Well, see, isn't that a great question, right? Because it yeah. feels like that the whole country's been through this little spasm where everybody was given yeah. permission because, to behave because badly. Because the top, right? the top guy was and, behaving badly. Yeah. Right? Now, I don't think that's what happened. No. I don't think that's what happened with Chris Rock. when he No, I don't joke. either. I think, he, no. I think he riffed that, by the way. I don't think that was a joke he'd written for the Oscars. No, I, think I he, don't think so either. I think you're right. I you think that was a riff. Tell, you know, even when Will was walking up to him, he said, it was a joke about G.I. Jane. Yeah. Right? It's like, mm, too bad. And it's like later on, he'll go, yeah, it wasn't as funny as it could have been. Uh, but, well, um, I didn't think it was funny at all. I didn't think yeah. it was funny. I thought it was punching down. And I actually yeah. caught this micro moment I don't know. before Will got up where Chris yeah. understood that the joke landed flat. Yeah, he knew he knew it had bombed. Yeah. 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 There was already And the next words out of his mouth were not going to be ow, it was going to be yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, kind of Sorry about that one. Yeah, trying to modulate and Well, I, uh, I think I think he myself. absolutely knew that the the joke went flat. Um yeah. and I don't think that it was wasn't funny uh because this woman was was facing some health problems that maybe Chris was or wasn't aware of, who knows. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and we do, and to I be just, clear, we don't know what Chris knew because Chris has not addressed that portion of it. And we've got some people saying that it was written Form. We got some people say he was riffing, but we don't know that. But but what I'm saying is is I, I just found the joke flat. It wouldn't have mattered. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Who? What kind of obscure, crazy thing is that? Honestly, it could have gone exactly the opposite direction of every. You know, if 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 Will had not gotten out of his chair, everybody would have. Would have shrugged it off oh, and been like, oh. "Yeah, that was stupid," and it would have been forgotten about. And Rock would have looked, and Rock would have looked like the, yeah, Rock <laughs> would have looked like the dick. It would have been um, much a much bigger slap for Will to have sat in his chair and just gone, you know, just wagged just, his finger and went right. No, just no. shook his head like, "No, and you then, don't be doing that about." Then that, and no. boy, then boom, you're done, and then you look classy and blah blah blah. I th thank you for bringing up that flow of occurrences because I think that's what people aren't seeing right now. If Will would have stayed in his seat, we would be talking uh, about a dynamic that was 180 degrees flipped in the other direction. But and really, by the way, yeah, yeah ruined it. Ruined I was going to, I was going to say, I would be sitting here just Soul raving Man. about how oh, yeah, I I am that just... Summer of Soul got the Oscar. Well, and like Chris said to Wanda Sykes, I want to uh, see all back, that footage. How Dude. many, how many really black do. performers had their thunder taken from them Completely because yeah. of what he did? And, and you know, it really, it, 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 it speaks in my mind to something in Will Smith literally just going offline, okay? The common sense bone and the I can look five minutes into the future bone just were shut well, off. His, his brain flipped. His, his frontal cortex went off. Now, what was the reasoning for that? Well, I don't know. I don't know what has happened to him in the last few months or in the last few days leading well, up to and, that and point. We, we covered that a little bit in that, you know, he has disclosed that he's had some very deep family trauma between his father, his mother, and himself. And I think it all just came to a head, but it all, it comes back to me, this idea of what was this, 
okay, was this any kind of useful or legitimate commentary? Okay, we're going to say no. Yeah. Was it, was it satire? Wait, wait, what do you mean Chris? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, was Chris's comment the joke? The joke. No. Oh. Was it was it satire? No. Yeah. It was a quip, a bad quip. I it think, was a yeah. bad quip. It was, it was a pop things, culture reference that, that it was just a pop culture reference, but flat. the big significant portion of it to me is I think we are seeing also a transition in the public consciousness about being critical about people's appearance. And in that way, and uh, again, I want to go on record here. Okay. I want to go on record as saying none of us think that anything about this was okay. We think that Chris's joke was tasteless, and we certainly think that Will Smith's response was not only disproportionate, but was, I, I'm just going to say it. That Criminal? was, uh, that, yeah, that was assault. We all think that this was bad. But was this whole situation precipitated by a needless comment about somebody's appearance? Okay. I think that us changing into a, a model where sure sign of a dick move is talking about somebody's appearance. Jada Pinkett Smith has absolutely no ability whatsoever to control her alopecia. Okay. I've got friends with alopecia and I understand yeah. That it, it, for for people like me and Ty who don't like you know ritually shave our heads, it's significant. We're tied up in our appearance. We're tied up in this picture that we project out into the world. And and when something comes along that's not under your control that affects your appearance, that can be a very internally damaging experience. And for Chris Rock. To make a joke about it, even though it wasn't about it, his joke and and Ty, you brought this up. His joke was about GI Jane. We're not even going to bring Demi Moore into this. Um, but was his joke based on mere appearance? And why would you find that funny? And why would you use that? Isn't that what a bully does? As, as you were talking, the thing that I was thinking about too, and, and it, it couples with the appearance question, is it was singling out one individual in a room full of uh, hundreds of her colleagues and friends and associates. You know, it wasn't, it, it wasn't Oprah Winfrey, everybody gets a joke. <laughs> it, was, it was one individual. So in a sense, I mean, I, I, the, the phrase that just keeps coming back into my head, thinking about, thinking about this whole set of events, thinking about Kathy Griffin, thinking about a lot of these things is, what a bunch of stupid fucking hills to die on. Hmm. You know, why, why would you choose these hills to, to make your stand? You know, you can broaden it out from here, too. Fran Lebowitz wrote a really great column about all this business, if you can find it. And she said, you know, first of mm-hmm. all, why are there still Oscars? <laughs> right? This is a bunch of this is a bunch of multimillionaires giving each other shit, right? And it's like, what, what? What? And now and this you know, idea of the academy. Yeah. 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 So uh, 
Oh, sure, I bet. Yeah. Well, and Russell Brand called that out too. On on he he did he did this fantastic fifteen minute piece that was an entirely different look about how the outside world penetrated the veil of this giant glitzy turd that is the Oscars. Well, I was just going to say, let's play some uh, uh, word association. I'm going to say a word. Uh, uh, well, this is good. I like this, this tie. This word. I, I'm okay. going to say about about these Oscars and this Academy. And you are going to well, maybe should I have my finger on this. Should I have my finger on the sensor? You button? Probably, maybe, <laughs> maybe you don't say you what comes delay. up for you, right? That's right. But, this um, is FM radio back in the day. You'll be just like the rest of the audience that'll go, oh, or at least some of the audience. So here's the word. Okay. Mental. Ooh. Break I get. Through. I get. Okay. <laughs> And, you, and the second word so that positive. I'm looking for is starts with an M. Uh, this whole thing gotcha. of giving yes. the awards and all this. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, you're gonna word. say you're gonna say <clears throat> the the self pleasuring M word. <clears throat> this I was is, this is a bunch of folks stroking yeah, it's a big each other. Jerk. Yeah, on yeah, the back. Much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say meltdown actually, but that. That's that's case specific to this moment. I do see what you're saying, Ty, in that really isn't that what the whole Oscar thing is. It is. That's Alpha exactly what it is. Yeah. Oh, what a nice jumping off point for the for the deep end of the pool. Would you like to go in there now? Oh. Tell you what, tell you what, let's take another <laughs> let's take another quick break well, and we're going to come back. I don't know. Gonna, My toes ain't touching now, so let's go. We're going we'll to your we're, toes. We're going to jump in uh, to the deep That's end what I was with Dr. Of. Peterson in just a second. Stay tuned. Stay where you are. Don't uh, put your phone on mute. We'll be right back. Hold on. Pervert. That's got to stay in. That's a good out. That's a good going. <laughs> You're tuned to NBBN, the narrowband broadcast network. The focus is on you. And we're back for, for what is probably the final uh segment of this show but um, we're coffin. we're talking a little bit about the slap heard around the world and yeah, the slap slap so slap, slap. mark slap, drag us into the, the uh, yeah drag us into the deep end here with you uh, give us give us something here well Go. ty said it you know it's like so why are we why are we doing oscars again and it's like so i'm gonna be the debbie downer here um uh, uh, oh, we've spent different. we've just spent fifty seven minutes and thirty nine seconds uh, talking around unedited, yeah, unedited. <laughs> It'll be shorter, but not much. Thank you, Andy. Please get this get the machete out. But we've been spending <laughs> we've been spending the last hour or so sort of milling around, you know, and, and sifting and winnowing through the mental states of Chris Rock and Will Smith, and <clears throat> and I don't want to put too fine a point on this, but. You know they're just yeah. actors, right? Yeah, they're just human beings. They're entertainers. They're just yeah. actors. And and while and while we're talking about this, the wife of a Supreme Court justice has implicated herself in an insurrection against our democracy. Oh, that. And this, 
And the Soviet Union is back in business. Yeah, just under under different branding. Yeah. So, yeah. So, okay. So this was this is like. So here's what my my philosophy buds have been saying. This is the bumper sticker that's been going around. Is like, did anybody see Will Smith slap Chris Rock? And we've just been saying things like, and this I will unpack this directly. Adorno was right, and so mm. Adorno was one of the members of a, a group called the the Frankfurt School. Uh, Not hot dogs. Nothing to do theory. with hot dogs. Just to make sure. Uh, you know. No, it has to do with Frankfurt. Frankfurt. And there's actually, I don't. We didn't talk about this before, did we? Well, we. Uh, well, I mean, you drop Frankfurt we, we pretty frequently. It? Yeah. Okay. So here's the deal. They wrote that. They wrote this awesomely difficult book called the um, uh, Dialectics of Enlightenment. And yeah, which um, one of my other favorite podcasts is this bunch of guys who called the Partially Examined Life. They do really good work. Oh, excellent! There, by the way, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll but, put a link down below to them because oh, yeah. I've they're actually them a really, of they're actually really good. good. And and they made a great comment about this about these books from uh, from Frankfurt School. It's like they're really just quote factories because you can just go in and open a page and find something. They really like, are. Wow. It, they're and a slog like, to read through if you're new to it, but oh, boy, a there's a lot of gems in it. There's a and lot of gems in it. So, but here's the deal. So the, the the big deal is that one of the chapters in this book is called the culture industry. Hmm. And, and right there is a quote. Right. Well, so here's what they thought. And, and and again, if I might be repeating myself from, from a previous podcast, but, um, <laughs> tough shit, the, it's our podcast. Well, there you are. One of the, one of the, um, this has always struck me as kind of hilarious because I know a lot of people who used to be Marxists. And then once the Soviets fell and we found out what they'd actually done ran for the Hills, but this was not true in the 1930s because in 1930, or so, there's a bunch of guys at the School of Social Research at Frankfurt. This is the bunch. And what they, they're good Marxists, and they just couldn't figure out why there hadn't been revolutions every place else in the world, just like there'd been in Russia. Because, it, look, if you're, if you're, if you're a, you know, a good middle-class, well-over-educated Marxist, and you're sitting there in Germany, and it's 1930, that's like the worst place in the world you could be. Yeah. And there was no revolution. You know, Hitler was a couple years out. He was coming in and they could not for the life of, and this is just drove and see, this is, if you were a Marxist in the 1930s, this is the sort of thing that would make you crazy because the Russians did it, right? Yeah. It's like, what's the matter with the rest of Europe? Okay. So they couldn't figure out for the life of them why there hadn't been a revolution. Okay. Well, tick tock, tick tock, time goes by. Hitler comes to power. The boys get the hell out of Germany, end up in New York for a while. And then they end up in of all places in Hollywood. And, oh, yeah. And, yeah. And while they're on their way there, while they're still in New York, they get this great idea. And this is so now I'm coming back to the Debbie Downer portion of, of the, the show. They came up with this idea that, that it's like, well, how come people aren't angry enough, right? How come the masses aren't feeling the pinch? I mean, you know, this is they were bringing wheelbarrows of Deutschmarks to buy a loaf of bread, right? From under the Weimar Republic, right? The inflation was through the ceiling. People were starving. It was horrible. The Treaty of Versailles stuck it to them in really the worst ways, in all the ways that were going to make Hitler possible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. And the, so these, but these boys just couldn't figure out. It's like, what in the hell is the problem? Um, Adorno and Max Horkheimer hit on the idea that, well, maybe there's something that is interrupting their anger and resentment and their misery. And they looked around, they thought, well, what is it? And they thought, oh my God, it's the movies Hollywood. and radio. 
and music and is the culture. Yep. Yeah. The culture. And it's yeah, bread and very good, Chris. Yeah. And, they, and that's exactly right. And but but it's not just bread and circuses mm-hmm. because that's the Roman version, right? We live, sit down, we live in an industrial age. So if you industrialize bread and circuses, can you see where that would go? And the answer is Hollywood. Yep. <laughs> and so and so so the bottom line to this is that that what we're seeing in this last week of, of, of hand-wringing and pearl-clutching about Will Smith is a perfect example of what, the, what Adorno and the boys were on about with the culture industry, which is like the function of the culture industry is to keep us entertained. And I always remember that, that etymologically entertains, right? Mm-hmm. means to come between, yeah, which is what it does, right? It provides us happy, happy time so we don't know how miserable we are. And... It, it it disrupts that consistency of thought, yeah. And it helps you it helps you recontextualize suffering in a way that makes it more well, palatable and, yeah, and in fact from, enjoyable. How about yeah, I was that? just going to say I yeah. I just got two words, well yeah. three words. I'll say Weimar and Edith Piaf. Oh yeah, yeah. this idea that well yeah, but we've got yeah, we, we've got the rose. Yeah. We've got we've got a voice crying out for us, right. and so we can get through this. The question at that point is, should you be going through it? Are you being distracted yes, from the real moment? And yeah, as you just said, Dr. Yeah, Mark, the are. answer is, yeah, we are. And it's We've like got the- people dying all over the planet right now through various circumstances. And we're mostly concerned about some privileged dude slapping some other privileged yeah, dude. Yeah, a couple over- of millionaires fighting. Now, they happen to be black, which is interesting. Ooh, still- I, I, see, what you just said there, though, to me is very interesting. They happen mm. to be black. In this, in this particular analysis, that's right. Because the, the fact is that from a class base, this is so the Marxists are always saying about economic class rather than race or gender, right? Mm-hmm. You can go back and rewind this to make it make the racial interesting stuff, but that that's the other that's another that's another way of doing it. But the reality is is that 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 regardless of whatever race they are, there's they're both a couple of they're both Privileged. a couple of multimillionaires doing it. Yeah. Now look, it would it's a whole different context. Uh, Will Smith and you know, so they're all the right wing is feeding into the whole black on black violence and okay, blah blah blah. And if, you know, Bradley Cooper had gotten up and slapped, you know, uh, Sylvester Stallone or something, people would be talking about it, but it wouldn't have kind of the same pungency, right? It w- yeah, I'll use the term impact. Yeah, I think still, you're right. But, we're, but we would still be talking about it. And, and so in a weird way, this is simply an extension of the culture industry doing its job by turning us out. Here's the, the, I'll just stop after this. The, the, the product of the culture industry, however, is not like cultural artifacts that we would think of like the movies are the part of the, of the actual, are the actual product, uh, from Adorno. This is the genius of this for Adorno and Horkheimer. The product of the culture industry is the audience. Yeah. Cause so that's can, what, that's what you're building. There you go. Out of it is you're building an audience. It just so happens that that audience is the hoi polloi. That audience are the workers. That audience is the mechanism by which privilege and money and power gets grown until it's ripe for being picked by and not for some them. Lucky by person. the way, not for them, but no, by the by not. the people on the top. Yep, yeah. there you go. And I and good night, everybody. I'm done. Drive <laughs> carefully. There's your mic drop moment. Some time ago, I forget who coined the phrase, but I think I read it in Jacobin Magazine. Uh, uh, and and I've always thought it was brilliant 
the military industrial entertainment complex that they always drop. <laughs> yeah. They threw they, in a third word there. Yeah. That's yeah, a brilliant, that's is. a brilliant extent. Um, it is. And, and, yeah. and that has stuck with me quite a bit. Um, and there, there's, there's another point that just can't go overlooked in this, in this entertainment industry and building the audience piece which is if you actually look at viewership for the Oscars, mm-hmm. they've been in steady, ridiculous decline. Oh, it was so this low. This is the second lowest yeah. Oscar and you... viewing ever, and the lowest was last year. Yeah, and that's only because of the pandemic. Big this comeback. was supposed to be the Oscars' big return. Which, which yeah. baits the conspiracy theory <laughs> question of, was this all entirely staged to get eyes on the Oscars next year? Well, I, I, I am I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I think, I think what we witnessed to, to kind of button that whole thing up, we witnessed somebody having a bit of a break uh, with reality, with decorum, with decency. Um, I want to I wanna finish on, on this. I think that for good or ill, this obviously is going to have an impact on comedy. And of course, some of the most significant and visible voices that came to support Chris Rock were his fellow comedians. I mean, really, as a comedian, when it's your life and your passion and your profession, you're going to speak to that. But what do y'all think this is going to do for the idea of, of, of satire? of we looked at comedians, we look at comedians as a voice that speaks truth to power sometimes, quite often. Again, to go back to the late, great Lenny Bruce, you know, Lenny, whenever he was asked about it, he said, my job is to find the line not to cross and cross it because my job mm-hmm. is really to make you uncomfortable, but there is a line and sometimes crossing it. I I think a lot of comedians sometimes mistake the line as I should cross this and I'm good enough. I'll, I'll just cross it. And they don't invest the time to think about what will crossing the line do? Am I crossing the line just to cross the line and be seen as crossing the line and ooh, I'm so edgy? Or is it crossing the line exactly to make a greater to look at point? why? And I think that's what got missed here. I think that's the reason why Chris looked like he was punching down. He at that point looked mm-hmm. like he was crossing the line just to cross it. And I don't think that that was good. But what happened as a result of him crossing that line was even more egregious more in error and more wrong. And it, it, it I, did this wipe the slate clean for Chris on this? What do you mean? I mean, is he absolved from the comment because of what happened? Well, it's, it's all, I mean, the, the joke or has is, been as, as is the joke now. Yeah. Is it, is it ancillary? Is it not important? The joke anymore? is getting buried. And the reason the joke is getting buried is because, <sighs> You have all these people that want so hard to be woke that they have 
forgotten that at the core of being woke is curiosity. We should be asking more questions than we are making statements. Says a person who just made a statement. When you make (laughs) a number of statements in a row over somebody's behavior, there is going to be a shading or implicit uh, uh, shame in that in those statements, or there's mm-hmm. going to be implicit guilt, or there's going to be implicit indictment, right? And when you start asking questions, you stop pulling people out onto the rug, and you start pulling them in, uh, yeah. uh, you know, to the conversation. Yeah, and so. It's just gotten buried. The comment has gotten buried, but you know, the joke was like, it had nothing happened. This joke would have been a nothing burger. I, I do want to disagree a little bit that, that the joke has been completely buried because in some of my other reading and trying to honestly, trying to make sense of why this is even a thing that we were talking about and, and looking at what, not not social media hot takes, but looking at what like real writers and journalists and people involved in the industry had to say about it, and and uh, and yeah, yes, for us in in our world and what we're exposed to as four middle aged white guys, yeah, the joke is completely buried. However, there's a whole other cultural backdrop where the conversation about the joke is continuing. And, and again, this is from my reading that, and, and I don't claim to be any expert in this area. I'm repeating what I've read and believe I've learned that in black culture and particularly among black women, hair is a very, very important part of your identity. It's part of your brand and making a comment. I I mean, the alopecia for Jada Pinkett Smith may be, we may not comprehend really what a painful and, and embarrassing and sort of shaking you to your core because it is your brand uh, sort of experience she's having. Don't even use brand. Yeah, your identity. Uh, you, identity. Your, yeah, exactly. It's, it's part, of, part your of your identity. More importantly, that than that, and I think I, I think it not only works for uh, uh, particularly for for black women, but for women in general, their hair is their power to some extent. Well, not only that. Again, it was a black man commenting on a black woman's appearance, and none of us four guys are capable of truly speaking to what that means. I'm going to actually throw a plug to uh, a fellow Portland-based podcast called Unrefined Sophisticates, my sister Morgan Jones over there. Um, I really encourage you all to go over to Unrefined Sophisticates podcast and hear their take on it because I, I don't feel comfortable speaking much to that dynamic. But I think it's real, and I think it's in the room. And the thing that it leads me to, this whole thing, This whole thing leads me to what discussion would we be having if Will Smith just sat in his seat? What, what discussion would we be having about the comment and punching down and where Chris Rock was with things and 
again, I think like you're saying, Ty, for the most part, it's kind of gotten buried, but in certain circles, like you said, Chris, it's not, but Mark, what do you think this does to, to, to the idea of public satire and it's ability is, is there, is this a dent in comedy now? Is this a dent in open speech? And, no, and this and, has been, don't you think, I mean, and, and I mean, we've, we've had these conversations over the last year or two. It's like, I think this is simply, uh, you know, continuing the conversation about what constitutes real comedy. What's really fascinating to me is the degree is how important comedy mm. is in our culture. I think it's more I mean, important than it ever has been. The joke I've been telling for years is that um, when when uh, politics and culture become a joke, only comedians tell the truth. It's right? Pretty good, isn't mm. it? It is. Yeah. I like that. But it's did like, you do but that by yourself? Of, I, I weirdly enough, I kind of did. I know it was a shock. You know that. Yeah. that, that so I, um, I'm amazed. It was to me too, but it's sort of <laughs> true, right? And it's like if in well, what I was just noticing, Ty, is like if you start to pay attention to what's actually on the television, right? Um, and you look to who we were, we were, who we listened to. And it, for me, it was like realizing that my students were getting all of their news from Jon Stewart. Right. <laughs> I feel better about that. Which uh, by the I'm way, still you know, and all, all of them know I mean, I, I'm, I'm an Ollie fan myself. So uh, easy, right. You know, but you know what I'm saying yeah. here? And it's like, you know, Bill Maher and, uh, and Trevor uh, Noah. And, yeah. And all these guys, it's like, this is Trevor Noah. Oh my God. And so it's like, you know, these are their job was to be the court jesters, right? I mean, in a, in a weird way, we're going back to that here, that part of the conversation. We were talking about saying tr saying things that are true, right, and being yeah. protected in that process, and saying things that are uncomfortable, right? And you have to do that, right? Now you can do it. You can do it by insulting the king, and yes. you can do it by by saying and making funny. the king laugh. And, yeah, and that's a big difference here, I think. And so I think this is Andy. I think it's just part of an ongoing conversation we're having about about what is the role of speech in society and the comedians are out there just on the cutting edge of it, you know? And, and I, I want to divorce. I want to divorce. I want to divorce. Fine. Fine. I'll get the papers. <laughs> wow. I'm done. I want to divorce the idea of comedy. And this sounds odd, but I want to divorce the idea of comedy and humor and free speech because we all have a right to free speech. Everybody can try to be funny. Not everything that you think might come off as funny makes people laugh. And that's this interesting nexus that we're seeing pulled apart. It's almost like we've got this Venn diagram and there's, you know, three groups of people. Everybody's got one hand on one circle and we're all pulling. And that nexus point in the Venn diagram is getting smaller and smaller. And maybe, maybe we saw that little bubble in the center pop with might this, be, you know, I would then, if I were being optimistic about this and I, I don't like that when that happens, but <laughs> no, you scare me, <laughs> but it's a little, in a, in a weird way, what we, what we're the overarching question here is about civil discourse. And we've just had, you know, four years, four or five years of, of <laughs> barbaric discourse, you know, anti-civil discourse. Yeah. And, and I, I wonder, you know, this is kind of a return to, to normalcy, the right wing is like out of their minds because the president now is kind of boring. Yeah. And, and I'm kind of relieved. I'm enjoying <laughs> the hell out of it. Are you kidding me? This is all happening against one other very important backdrop, and that is the passage of the Don't Say Gay legislation in Florida 
And this whole thing about you can't say things that make me as a white person uncomfortable for being white. I mean, that is that is a and, and this is not just Florida. This is happening all over. They're burning uh, books. Oh. They're complaining about critical race theory. These snowflakes and, on the right and, wing and is this really idea hilarious. Of, yeah, so so yeah. we're seeing this backlash now against sort of the opening of the conversation saying, no, 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 no. We got to close it back down because I'm uncomfortable with this. I'm not in a place where I'm ready to own my own shit. And I don't want to be told. I don't want to hear about it. And I'm going to throw a huge tantrum about it. Well, comedy, good comedy in my book, generally speaking, makes people uncomfortable. Yeah, we've had this conversation before about how laughter is a uncomfortable reaction most of the time. It, it very often can be. And actually, good comedy does that particularly well. I think as we go out here, what I want people to think about is, are, did, did what we witness, is this a an issue of good comedy versus bad comedy? Is this an issue of punching down? Is this an issue of free speech? Or is this an issue of watching the veil be pulled off watching the veneer of somebody be pulled off and a very uncomfortable moment of personal stress boiling over at a time where all the cameras were rolling. Let me just add one more little piece of radicalism here, which is please that, do. Wasn't the, That's wasn't always the, good to go out on radicalism. Wasn't the, wasn't the purpose of this whole thing to keep us seated comfortably in front mm -hmm. of a TV set yes. between commercials? Yes, it was. While we were yes. waiting on our Frankfurt yes. tours. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I tell you what, people, this has been Good the night, everybody. Yeah. Think about things. Um, you know, give us a comment, send us an email, put a comment down in the links or in the uh in the thing below on the YouTubes. But um if anything, this is just one more reason to be kind to people. Be kind to everybody. There's always something to laugh about. There's always something to find humor in. There might not always be something or someone to laugh at. And that difference sometimes gets lost in the wash. But until next time, everybody, <laughs> this has been Keep Your Hat On. Thank you for that laugh. Uh, I'm Andrew Scott. That's Dr. Mark Peterson. That's Hi, Robert Anthony. That's Chris Vacano. Do everybody a favor, take care of each other. We need it now more than ever. And until next time, keep your hat on. Perfect, Perfect timing. We may end up miles from here or miles from a cat box. I don't know. But anyways, take care, everybody. Thanks a lot. Wash your hands, get your shots, et cetera, et cetera. Nice. Love you. Bye. Well, there's a chunk of time you can't get back. From Portland, Oregon, this has been Keep Your Hat On. A big little show about a whole lot of nothing in particular. Keep Your Hat On is a narrowband broadcast network production in association with PodSquadPDX.com. Andrew Scott, executive producer. Robert Anthony and Chris Vacano, associate producers. Our theme music was written and produced by Andrew Scott, along with help from Ron Kajawa. 
Website design and maintenance by Vacano Creative, Chris Vacano Webmaster. Available at VacanoCreative.com. Audio and video production by Andrew Scott. Available at AndrewScottMedia.com. Got ideas or comments for the show? Email us at talkback at kyhopodcast.com and don't forget to like, click, and subscribe. On behalf of the boys, I'm your announcer, Michael Brumage. Thanks for listening. Uh, I guess. Out. Okay. Yeah. Good. So, so, you know what? I think this discussion also, I think we're missing a big part of this which is? discussion, which is. <laughs> Energy, energy, energy. <laughs> Dog's looking at me like, what the fuck is he going on about? <sighs> Look, I know I'm just an AI algorithm on a random website, but honestly, that really fucking hurt. <laughs> NBBN. The Narrow Band Broadcast Network. The focus is on you.